The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Guess what? We're back, and the NBA party train keeps moving. Exactly. You thought we wouldn't be back, but guess yeah. what? We they said we'd are. never make it to episode 19. But yes, let's not digress. We are going to check in on the latest rumors with Russell Westbrook. Uh, maybe a career change for Dwight Howard. Uh, we'll also talk about what's going on with LeBron, Draymond, Colin Sexton, and probably get through our Mad Boosties winner of the dunk of the season because it is dunk week for the NBA. And who better to do it with than today's guest? We have SB Nation's NBA editor, Harrison Fagan. I'm Miles Gray. And I'm Jack O'Brien. And this is Miles, Miles and Jack, and got, and Mad Jack Boosties. got Mad Boosties. Okay, so that was pretty sync. Yeah, I'm po- like perfectly on yeah. thing. That okay. was wild. Yeah. Like we, we had a mind melt at that moment. <laughs> okay, welcome, welcome, welcome. We got Harrison Fagan in the building. Harrison, welcome to Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. I, I got to say that was weirdly specific trash talk at the beginning for someone to say that you wouldn't make it to episode 19. Like, yeah. I feel like if somebody would have said, like, you guys won't make it 20 episodes, yep. that right. would have been, you know, like more boilerplate. They really got specific on you. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 no. There's no <laughs> way you guys can put up with There's... each other for more than 18 episodes. You know, yeah. what can I say? It's just a mother's intuition. Um, that's what she constantly <laughs> Over says. Under. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, if that's what you're feeling, mom, maybe. She's like, you're lucky. It's <laughs> like, why are you talking like that? Like, you're an old yeah. gumshoe film. Uh, yeah. But yeah. You played her the first episode and she said, I give it 18 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you showed her, though. You know, yeah. I did. In Look at face, me, Ma. Mom. I'm here. Uh, but Harrison, uh, first identify yourself. You're a longtime NBA fan. Is there a specific team that you've kept your eye on over the years? Yeah. So, I mean, I think anybody who's even a little bit aware of my work, like, yep. would probably know that, you know, it's uh, definitely it's been Lakers for me for the Sigh. majority of my life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> grumble, grumble. I, I grew up. Uh, you know, in Orange County, uh, about an hour south of Los Angeles, fell in love with the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. Uh, you know, never thought that I would do this as a career. I was actually in community college studying psychology, uh, wanted to be a teacher, uh, ended up just like ex- getting to the point where I was doing research methods and stats. And I was just like, this is too much math for me. I, it's time to become an NBA sports writer who has to look up like NBA.com stuff all the time. That's about <laughs> the level of math that I can do. Uh, right. And I found a niche. I just kept blogging. And then eventually, yeah, now I'm here and I covered the Lakers since uh, like 2013, I want to say. And then okay. until uh, this spring, I was promoted to 
SB Nation NBA editorial manager. So now okay. I oversee all of our 30 team sites and I have to pretend that I like all of the teams equally. That's not true, <laughs> but I have to pretend it legally. Yeah, you're a professional. You can yeah. you know how to keep a job. I think that's what's important. For yeah, sure. exactly. What team's the hardest to pretend that they're equal on, to the you Lakers know. for you? you is it? It's it's who we think it is. Yeah, it, 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 it's definitely the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah, it's the Celtics. All right, all right. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of true for me too. I'm not I'm not a big Celtics fan. That's probably the team I have the hardest time rooting for. I'm not going to yeah. say I root against them. I'm going to say I have the hardest time rooting for them because I love the yeah, game. That's of how I should phrase it. I'm, I root yeah. for all of them you know, equally, yes. except the Celtics. It's really hard, but right, I do. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you're yes. you're sort of like Lucille Bluth, where you're like, I love all of my children equally, and you're like, I don't care for Job. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <privately>. <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, when you cut away to me in the confessional, I'm like, yeah, right. I hate the Celtics. I don't but, care you know, for Job. Sure. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, you know, publicly, I love them. Of course. But I'll be honest with you guys, this isn't going out anywhere. No, no, right, no. Right. no. Well, it's, if, if my mom's predictions are accurate, absolutely no way. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, you know, considering your proximity to the Lakers and, and just checking on things over there, uh, I, Westbrook, Russell Westbrook. Wait, I do. I do just want to say up top, we're going to talk about Bill Russell's passing and yes, his absolutely. career and his amazing, you know, I'm actually going to bring uh, my dad in. I actually interviewed my dad for eight minutes. Uh, he, he used to coach the Celtics. So we are uh, because I think this first segment is going to be very uh, Lakers-centric. Like, we're, we're going to be working inside the mind palace of a Lakers fan uh, <laughs> as we talk through these <laughs> trades. I think think that you need to orient yourself. So don't don't worry. Celtics fans or just NBA fans who aren't exclusively Lakers fans, just you should know it's a, the, it'll be over soon, and we'll, we'll be able to move, move on. But we, we do have to talk about these supposed Westbrook trades that have uh, suddenly become uh, po- possibilities over yeah. the past couple of weeks. So I'm curious, Harrison, what's your take? And, and uh, according to SI, the Jazz, Knicks, and Pacers have expressed interest in potentially working out a deal that involves taking Westbrook and his contract. Now, do you think at this stage... Teams are looking to add Russ, you know, just as an expiring deal to buy out. Or you think either of those teams actually might be considering having him play out the contract? Yeah, no, I, I, I think pretty much at this point, he's probably seen as like a guy that you would buy out because you have to pay him anyway. You get a little bit of savings on the back end because he works out his, you know, as we see with all these buyouts around the league, guys like they have their agent figure out what they can get from other teams. They work out a buyout for like around that much less. Mm-hmm. Saves the current team some money, you know, lets them recoup their amount of money while picking their next destination. That is my guess of what will happen with the Westbrook saga. I don't think that like like the Jazz, you know, are clearly kind of getting set to go in the tank uh, for this upcoming draft after trading Rudy Gobert. They're going to trade Donovan Mitchell. Like, I don't think that they want Russell Westbrook, like helping them sneak in a few extra wins while they try to develop these young guys, whatever, uh, like trying to recoup his own value. Like, I just don't see that as something that's happening just as an example of one of those teams. So Mm. I I do think that it's more of like these teams are going to trade for him. If they do, uh, it's going to be to get off of long-term money and give the Lakers some players that maybe aren't on their timeline, but can help the Lakers win now, maybe a little bit more than Westbrook can. Right. So who are the who are the Lakers like looking at in in such a scenario? Are they just getting out of the deal, or what, like do the Jazz have something to offer the Lakers? I don't. I am uh, admittedly allergic to the trade machine, so I actually don't know how any of this. Where are the in such a scenario? Are the Lakers getting something back? Yeah. So my guess would be that if the Jazz were involved, it would probably be as like a third team to take Westbrook and like send something to, you know, the team that the Lakers want guys from or something like that. The Pacers, you know, also might be a third team or just a straight up team. You know, Mm -hmm. if they're getting like Miles Turner and uh, Buddy Buddy Heald back, you know, something like that. Maybe the Jazz can facilitate as a third team there. Or, you know, maybe they could work with the Pacers straight up or work with Brooklyn straight up or work the Jazz in as a third team. You know, the Knicks probably wouldn't be a third team for the Nets, but they might be some sort of like facilitation team with this cap space that they have. if They can't work out a Donovan Mitchell trade like there's a variety of ways that that could go. But, yeah, I I think that, you know, with the Jazz specifically, they would probably be looped in as a third team. And the Lakers, you know, 
they, as far as what they want, like, I think they do want to get off of Russ and, you know, not have to pay that gigantic salary and not just have him around. Like, that's pretty clearly from everything that we've seen this summer and everything that we saw at his exit interview. And, you know, like the entirety of last season, that is not a feasible option for the Lakers to have him on their roster. And I think that right now, the reason that you haven't seen a trade yet is all of these other teams know that and know that the Lakers need to get off of his deal. And so we're saying, give us everything you have because you can't possibly take this guy into camp. And the Lakers are like, well, maybe we can. You should stop us. Uh, and like sort of projecting this, oh, no, we're just going to run it back. It's fine. The, Darvin Ham, Darvin Ham's going to make Russell Westbrook into like the three and D point guard that we need to fit right. around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And so I think the Lakers are holding out, hoping that they can get Kyrie all after right. all this KD stuff kind of shakes out because that's clearly the option that LeBron wants. But, you know, also looking at options like, you know, you see the Hornets as a team with like maybe Gordon Hayward, if they're ready to get off of him and his kind of long-term money, you look at Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, who are both like, you know, probably not in the Pacers plans beyond this year. And Buddy Heald, like a little bit probably overpaid for what he may, for what he provides and not like the greatest contract longer term than Westbrook. So you're saving the Pacers some money there. Dang, uh, these are kind of the motivations that, you know, you're looking for when you're trying to find a Westbrook landing spot is like these veterans that are making a decent amount of money for teams that are probably trying to rebuild and might just would maybe they'd rather have a Lakers first or two Lakers first or whatever it may be. So as right. Lakers fans, who, what are the sugar plums dancing in you guys head? Is it, is it Kyrie? Is it Donovan? What, what are you, what are you hoping to, Yeah, I mean, obviously I think Donovan Mitchell would be someone that Lakers fans would love, but I don't <laughs> see that happening. They don't have like right. the assets to outbid the Knicks for him. So I think it would be, it, you know, it's definitely Kyrie, I think is at the top of the majority wish list just because, he, you know, for his problems, you know, like being uh, not really being available via health or via personal choice, uh, you know, and not wanting to, you know, suit up and not necessarily always wanting to play basketball. You know, he is a much, much better on court fit with LeBron and Anthony Davis than Russell Westbrook is. And so as kind of mercurial as he might be, he is someone that I think is high up on Lakers fans wish list just because he provides the type of skill set that you can you can squint and look at that team and talk yourself into, okay, they are a contender. They're probably not the favorite, but they're a contender now just because they have these three guys that are so good and fit so well together. And hopefully they're all healthy at the right time in the playoffs and they can kind of make it through a run. It's the squinting. That's the problem with us though. We squint well, a lot. The, the only like, way hey! you can get back to contention <laughs> is if you squint a little bit, like no, none of these trades get them back into like, Oh man, they're the Vegas yeah, favorite immediately or right. something like that. Like, it's like, okay, yeah, I could, you know, I could kind of see that working out. They got some pieces that kind of maybe fit. And if everybody stays healthy, yeah. Right, for sure. Um, right. Well, let's move on uh, to some just some more serious news. Bill Russell passed away over the weekend. The 11-time champion, Hall of Famer, uh, passed away at the age of 88. I hadn't realized. So there's so many great articles written kind of eulogizing him and talking sure. about his career. I, I hadn't realized the Celtics didn't even make it to the finals until he was on the Celtics. And then they, you know, 11 time winners. But like, right, that's I for some reason I had in my mind that like the Celtics dominance was in some way not like brought by him. And oh, that right. Is that it was not existing. Yeah. No, he they hadn't even made the final. No, right. That you thought arrived. it was pre existing greatness prior yeah, to his arrival. Yeah. Right. It's so that that was just one of the details that I feel like I I had wrong. Um but yeah, wait, so I'm on vacation right now. You might hear a little bit more laid back, uh, distracted <laughs> Jack uh, coming to you yeah. um, with my family. And when Bill Russell passed, my dad, who used to coach the Celtics, was like, the day that I resigned as Celtics coach, Bill Russell called me and I talked to him for like two hours, which mm. is, uh, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone for two hours on the phone. <laughs> um, I was like, how are you just telling me this right now? So I wanted to talk to my dad about this. I actually hadn't even thought to do that. Super producer Jabari was like, maybe for your NBA podcast that you do. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. He's like, what would my dad know? Coach the Celtics? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I will say my big takeaway is it's weird to interview your father. Uh, first of all, because I had his Wikipedia page up in front of me while I was interviewing him. Like I wanted to get the date of the seasons he was coaching the Celtics, right? I also couldn't remember if it was Jim O'Brien or O'Ryan. 
I always get that wrong, but what? Uh, I, you know, I, I just checked a date, but then I left it up during the interview, which is right. <laughs> which is just would have been embarrassing if it was anyone else. But um, I, I just asked him a couple anecdotes for, from his time just getting to know Bill Russell. So we, we can play that clip. But before we do, anything that jumped out to you guys from the articles that were written about him? Yeah, the the undefeated in elimination games that was like astounding you know like we talk yeah. about clutch guys and stuff like that and like who's the most clutch player in nba history that might be like one of the most incredible clutch stats i have ever heard now again like his team in a, probably a lot of those situations was like the better one and had went to a game seven but still like to never lose a game seven or, or like any sort of elimination game in any tournament at any level of basketball is like that's insane right miles any anything you want to Bill Russell's like one of those guys, right? When I was younger, I didn't know about him until the 50th anniversary of the league. I mean, I didn't really bother to know about him until the 50th anniversary of the league. And I remember that was like a huge, significant turning point for my like knowledge about basketball, like NBA history in general. Um, and when I looked, I was almost like, like angry that he was so good and was even like a, like a player coach and like basically had done everything. I didn't realize he was the first African-American to even coach a professional team. Uh, and he like, he's done so much on and off the court. Uh, and I just look at the way his influence, you know, still, uh, affects like players that we see in the league today and how much the players that we see who are like advocating for, you know, like a better just society or future like you're essentially modeling bill russell like whether you know it or not uh and i think you know it's it's we're very lucky to have like these sort of gigantic figures like that who were absolute legends in every single dimension of their being and yeah it's a it's a tremendous loss and i you know like i said you know you gotta give you gotta give respect where it's due and there's no way you could look at (laughs) bill russell and say anything but this man is excellence personified yeah and uh, he was doing all that stuff at a time when it was much less popular than it is today oh yeah and, like some of those stories about what he and his family went i mean through was... he signed with the celtics two years after brown v board of education was decided yeah like and... that's his proximity to all of the you know societal changes that were were going on at that time so yeah Something that our culture is kind of memory hold is the Boston busing riots, but that was like the 70s. That's something everybody should go look up, read about, because uh, it's, yeah, that, that, was, that was much later than I think our culture assumed these sorts of things were happening. But right. Yeah, all of this stuff is more recent than you realize, or uh, like, yeah. than I think that than we think about frequently in terms of like, I, I was reading uh, one of the remembrances from uh, Tom Ziller, who publishes his own newsletter, Good Morning, It's Basketball. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had one where he was talking about, you know, back during his playing career, like the uh, civil rights leader, I'm forgetting the name, asked Bill Russell to come down to the South and basically put on an integrated basketball camp. And he had that he, you know, he had no like obligation to come down and do this and was still like went down, had to have security because the KKK was assembling across the street from this basketball camp to try and intimidate people out of going to it. And he still went. And there was like someone every night when he slept in this undersized hotel bed, there was somebody sitting next to him with a rifle as the last line of defense to defend him. And like, this is how much this guy was willing to put it on the line to try and like advocate for his principles and just like an incredible, incredible human being. Yeah. All right, let's throw to a break. We'll come back. We'll go right into me talking to my dad, and then we'll come out of that. A few last words about Bill Russell, and then we'll move on. We'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Juan Gabriel. Juanquis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. All right, Dad. So, <laughs> how's it going? Uh, it's going great. Thanks for having me. I've never recorded you on mic before. Uh, I've never interviewed my dad. So, uh, this is exciting. So, you were the head coach of the Boston Celtics from 2001 to 2004. It took them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I think you know this. Uh, but just setting the scene for people, you're also head coach of your hometown Sixers 0405 season with Allen Iverson near the height of his powers. Uh, took them to the playoffs, coached the Pacers from 07 to 2011. But I wanted to talk to you about something that I heard you say the other day that I, I had not known this. But when you resigned from the Celtics in the 04 season, you said that Bill Russell called you that day and you guys talked for. A couple hours. Yeah, I had a, a great conversation with uh, Russ, uh, the former Celtics, uh, you know, Bill Russell, Kuzi, Heinsohn, uh, all these guys were very, very generous with their time. And I had gotten to know Bill Russell uh, over the years that I was there with the Celtics. And he was always very generous with his time and his advice and a uh, funny, funny guy. And, um, we had a great conversation, and some of the things I remember about that conversation were that uh, he would adjust whatever he had to do to um, give the Celtics what they needed on any given year. Uh, so, instance, uh, when they had Casey Jones at the point guard spot, he was a great defensive player, uh, not so much a great offensive player. So, Russell decided he just needed to score more points that particular year to give them the best chance to win the championship. And when Kuzi was uh, the point guard, a uh, funny story that Russell had told me uh, was he grabbed Kuzi uh, early on and he said, you know, Bob, you're a great ball handler, but you just are horrible, def <laughs> horrible defensively. He said, so you can't keep your, your guy in front of you. So what I want you to do is make sure he beats you, which he'll do often, uh, to the offensive player's left hand. And as soon as he beats you, run to half court on the left side and I'll throw you the basketball. <laughs> so which would give you an idea of how, uh, what his prowess was defensively. Yeah, he was just, you, you were saying the other day that he would just look at his roster and decide how many points he had to average 
that that season, which I think, you know, it, it's almost like the least amount of scoring he could do to give his team the best chance at winning. And so, you know, the, the one constant was how dominant he was defensively. And that's, that's never, nobody on your team or anywhere is ever going to begrudge you for being a great defensive player, but you, you know, he was a player coach. So get, getting everybody involved was, was important to him. It sounds like, you know, people talk about Russ being, uh, probably the greatest champion in the history of, basketball. He may have been the best leader. Uh, you alluded to a couple of things about him deciding what was needed and be able to give it to him. Uh, but some of his teammates, Kuzi and Heinsohn, uh would tell me little anecdotes about, about Russ and uh, if they were going through a bad period of time in a game or they had lost one game, he would go into a huddle at a timeout and look at the guys and say, okay, I clearly am screwing this up. Uh, you tell me what I need to do better. And it was a kind of a, a way of letting everybody else know that here's a guy that clearly wasn't screwing things up, that they were screwing it up, but he was taking the hit and um, uh, he would do whatever it took to win basketball games. Yeah, like the buck stops with him. So even if he wasn't the one screwing it up, like he's like, you know, it's on me on my shoulders so you grew up a Sixers fan as they repeatedly got trounced by the Celtics right I (laughs) not necessarily trounced but they would beat us every year when it mattered right right um what does like what what was it like for you at this like kind of pivotal point in your career to, I mean, did, did you ever, like, was it just ever surreal for you? Because, I mean, Russell, I, ha- I hadn't realized that Celtics never made the finals before Russell got there. So, like, he really was the Celtics dynasty. And now here you are, years later, you're coaching the Celtics and, you know, just end your, your tenure there. And here's the guy who was such a huge part of that dynasty calling you. Was that is that surreal? Was that a kind of a weird moment, or are you just kind of in the moment and don't notice that sort of thing? Well, I had gotten to know him uh, pretty right. well, you know, and a, a couple things as far as going from Philadelphia, uh, growing up loving Philadelphia, and having my heart broken seemingly every year uh, when they had the press conference to announce Rick Pitino as the head coach. I was going to be his associate coach. I happened to sit be sitting next to Red Auerbach, who was, you know, we're indoors and he's smoking his big stogie as was his habit. And uh, I said to him, I said, Red, you know, you broke my heart and you, you taught me how to cry about basketball. And he turned and he blew a big puff of smoke into my face. He goes, is that right? So, uh, you know, other things about Russ that I, I, I found to be humorous, you know, there People had always talked about he would never go out and play a basketball game uh, without first throwing up. And, you know, one time Auerbach is, you know, relaying a story to me saying that he's ready to, you know, send a team out. He's, he hasn't even talked to the team and everyone's waiting around and Red's not opening his mouth. And he says to uh, Russ, uh, we're waiting on you, Russ. You, you, haven't, you haven't puked yet, so you better get there. And then Russ, a couple of years later, when uh, you know I was feeling the pressure of of uh, coaching the Celtics, and before the game, he said to me, "You know what? You take this way too seriously." And I said, "Here's the, I'm talking to the guy that's telling me that who had to throw up before every game, so it's kind of uh, ironic that he would say that." Did you ever try throwing up before the game? Just get get it out, you know? I was just out on a boat with with our brother-in-law. I think he could have could have used some of that and just that's what the captain was saying get just get it out get, get it over with um any other russell stories bill russell stories you know bill russell uh, you know everybody that had a, the opportunity to observe him on the basketball court knew how good he was defensively but what few people know is that he would rarely practice and he would rarely practice because as red Auerbach would say Nobody could get a shot off on the other team when he was on the court. He was he was that dominant and uh, dominant on the court and just a iconic 
man off the court. And when he was playing in San Francisco, he told me a story, I think the day that I resigned, that his college coach told him that he never wanted him to leave his feet uh, to block a shot for whatever reason. It was back in the old days. He wanted him to stay down and not get pump thick. And uh, I'm sure Russ didn't listen to him that much at that point in time. But uh, uh, we lost a great man. Really, one of the greats. That's funny. That's like one of the one of the things they tell you in in elementary school: never leave your feet for for a pump fake. And he's still bringing it up years later. All right. Well, uh, Dad, Jim O'Brien, Coach O'Brien, th- thanks so much for uh, for talking to me. This was good. We'll have to do it again sometime. Look forward to it, son. All right. So that was me talking to my dad. Uh, Coach Jim O'Brien uh, about you know his conversations with Bill Russell. Um, I'd say the you know I had heard the the thing that he threw up before every game. That's like one of the first things you hear in basketball. I think especially if you're like a nervous person, <laughs> they're like, no, man, don't, don't worry. worry about it. Bill Russell yeah. used to throw up before every game. Totally normal. Yeah, yeah. I'd say the the anecdote that uh, jumped out to me was that he. It sounds like he scored as little as he possibly could while his teams would still win, which is just like, I don't know that that is that makes sense of like his scoring kind of fluctuating, going up and down. And also just given what we know about, like what actually makes a team win is like getting people involved offensively and people being willing to sacrifice to get other guys involved. And yeah, I feel like you, almost couldn't have a career like that today because there's so much pressure from the media to, you know, every like box scores being scrutinized. And it takes a lot of, I don't know, just selflessness and just single-mindedly only caring about, you know, the final result of winning. I think, I think LeBron kind of did that, uh, in a, in a lot of ways for a large part of his career. Um, and he got a lot of pushback from people being like, you, you take the final shot if you're the best player on the team. It's like, that doesn't, doesn't really make sense. <laughs> and I was going to, to even further contextualize it, like they didn't track blocks until either like very late in his career or afterwards. Right. So there were even less stats to kind of accumulate like uh, while doing that approach. Like now, nowadays, like someone could do that and theoretically be like, okay, well, I blocked like three shots a game. Like my field goal percentage allowed at the rim is really low. Like you can show their value. Like they didn't have any of that stuff back. Right. It was all anecdotal. And so he just did it like, and you had to almost like look at his dominance by sheer word of mouth. And I guess like rebounding statistics and stuff like that. Like, you know, there were the crazy stories about like the level of depth he saw the game in and that like, he would, you know, he would try and help his teams build up a lead against Wilt's teams and then just kind of let him score just enough so that he didn't start to, like, pick up on Bill's defensive tricks and he could employ them when he really needed to. It's just like, you know, it, it's the type of stuff That's that wild. we on the outside never think about it on that level of, like, the stuff that these guys do and the mental games that they play. Uh, you know, just, again, like, incredible, like, that, one of the highest basketball IQs we've probably ever seen. I think just in general to have that kind of intelligence to think of like, well, if I reveal this too many times to my opponent, then it becomes moot in a way. I feel like, what is he like? The is, is Nathan Fielder, the new Bill Russell, Nathan like, Fielder. <laughs> just playing like just, 4D chess. Yeah, just like letting him run setup. with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Bill Russell had know. a flow chart on his laptop. Yeah. Like different exactly. game outcomes He's like, stuff. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's like, okay, we win the tip off. Like, okay, right, go to I next. We'll get a couple righty hook shots. Like, I'm going to be able to block it the next time. Yeah, he's going to exactly. be overconfident in it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, well, let's pivot in the paint to NBA Dunk Week. It's Dunk Week. Did they really pick? Is it Shark? Is it also Shark Week? They did. They did. Super. Shark Week was last week. Okay, so they're like, but it could be, like I think it's two weeks, weeks now? right around now. All right, I yeah. have no I idea. I mean, Shark Week is year round in in this household, but um, no, I think it was last week. I think it was last week, but who knows? Right. Look, it's it's all Shark Week to us. Uh, but it, more importantly, it is NBA Dunk Week, and we thought to celebrate, we should probably go over some of the top dunks of the year, and in no particular order. 
just you know we'll we'll play a quick clip so you can hear the audio. Uh, Jack or Harrison, would either of you want to do the color the play by play to describe the? Dog? I would love to. Okay, okay. I was okay. going to say I am not qualified for this. So yeah, you you go for it. So first we will talk about uh, this is I mean like this isn't no I guess is it a particular? <laughs> <laughs> well, in my, I. They are in the order that uh, I would have put them in, except maybe, I mean, we... Well, here, then, for the purpose of this, let's just say in no particular order. Okay. In sure. no particular order, let's look at some of the contenders. No thought was put into it at all. None. No thought yeah. was put into this at I'm all. Just there was no my flowchart and... No okay. pre-planning done whatsoever or anything. No bits worked out, because that's not what kind of podcast this is. But no. let's talk about the first dunk. No. <laughs> the first one is Anthony Edwards... Over Gabe Vincent. This is from, uh, I believe, November. This is earlier on in the season. Right. Uh, this only gets honorable mention because I think they called a foul. Which, ah, got it. At a certain point, you might just need to. Uh oh. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, this is the one that Nate Duncan was trending afterwards because he was like, yeah, you know, it's not that great of a dunk. He pushed off or something like that. Like, uh huh. Yeah, I mean, I could have done it. I see. I see what Nate's talking about. I could have done that. Um, but <laughs> that—that's a I thing. I feel like if you're a ref and you call a foul on that, you should be suspended. <laughs> right for denying us just that, just that kind of dunk. What Gabe Vincent does here is the equivalent of jumping on a hand grenade. Because oh yeah, Anthony Edwards is a clear lane to the basket. Vincent rotates all the way from the other side he has the shooter in the corner in the opposite corner gets in front of it does take a charge but i think gets there a little late because right his feet aren't set before definitely look like they're moving his feet are moving as anthony edwards is already uh gliding through the air but um it's it's powerful it is a work of beauty jumps from way too far away gets to the rim and dunks it which i i guess can't fully be said about our next one the Embiid over Jared Allen okay because I think he just like kind of throws it as hard as he can into the basket I don't know if his <laughs> fingers actually ever touch the net but um I remember where I was when when this happened okay set this up for us Jack late Thursday night I was, uh, <laughs> was in a two bad days. place um two days before Valentine's <laughs> yeah tell us how you were feeling you know, <laughs> this might have been when the Sixers fans were waiting for Harden to like Harden was still hurt, but had been traded already. And we, you know, our hopes were the highest uh, they'd be all season. Uh, Embiid misses a free throw. We get the offensive board and then he takes two steps and his shoulders are above the rim as he just throws the ball downwards over Jared hard. Allen. Here he goes. Um, um, okay, now it's the he, rare he dunk where, like, sometimes the player who you're who is being dunked over looks like they stepped on a hand grenade. Uh, this is the rare one where Embiid flies backwards when he yeah. dunks it. He dunks it with such force that it's his body can't believe what just happened. I mean, also um, like Jared Allen's a sturdy man. You know, oh, like yeah. all due respect to Gabe Vincent, but he's you yes. know a little stockier, a little larger yeah. and I I like these dunks like this because we so rarely see a guy throw it through the rim like that with that level of kind of violence and flair. And yeah, I mean, th- those are, I-, I have a soft spot for those. I do too. Uh, and that has nothing to do with the fact that I am a Sixers fan. No, no. Objectively, I think it's great. All right, we can move past this one. This is Jalen Brown. Over <laughs> some, somebody. Uh, this is Dallas, I guess. Dallas, Boston. Kind of a nice crossover between the legs. Splits the splits the double team. Jalen Brown and um, dunks it over Cleva. Yeah, it's you I'm know gonna say not that impressive. You know, not that Just, impressive. It's you know it is it it's I guess one of those ones where it's you know one v one. Who's gonna who's gonna come out on top? But. No, it I is only one v one because like, he yeah, like, <laughs> he split the. It is one v one because he split the a, a double team with a between the legs dribble. That's yeah. the thing about Jalen Brown is like people will talk about him not having a good handle, and then he will have a dribble move that is like, what did he just black out there? What if he's not a good dribbler? What what exactly is this? 
that's just him attacking the rim. And I think, yeah, yeah just one of he's he's doing what he needs to do. I mean, it's not like the fanciest move, but yeah, it's efficient in that he just, you know, yeah. rendered those two defenders completely takes off useless. from a great distance, throws it down. Okay, what about another one? I think a lot of people need to keep their eye on this Russell Westbrook guy, okay? And I know we're talking about some teams that are interested. May I offer you this dunk over Rudy Gobert? Send this to the Pacers repeatedly. Just yes. be like, look, yeah. look at this. He's, you know. Their bench is just um, he's at the top the of the key yards. and just... All by himself. Uh, violence. But so I was going to say earlier that the Embiid over Jared Allen was the best defender that is getting uh you know going up to meet the dunker at the rim but i mm-hmm. mean gobert is all-time great defender and russ uh this is just violence yeah what is he a foot he's like a four-time defensive player of the year three time yeah. something like that yeah. you know yeah like, I, I think again nba teams might be undervaluing this guy uh mm-hmm. russ, russ just took him one-on-one and you're getting a steal him. of a deal here yeah i mean uh, look at they Russ. should be giving the Lakers first round picks for this yeah. guy. Don't look up any other clips from last year. Don't look up anything else. Just this clip. He does dunk from inside the circle at the free throw line. Like it is. Oh, it's impressive. It's shocking. Russ is still an incredible <laughs> athlete. He's not. He's not like what he was. You know, in his prime, he's still. You know, there were moments like this last season where yeah. you could still see. It. Like he's still an amazing athlete. It's just not the greatest. You know, sometimes he was missing these dunks. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's a little difficult. Okay, All let's right. move on to another one. I'd say these are the two. These are the two finalists. I, I, I could I yeah. could put these in either order uh, at one or two. Okay. Uh, so this is Andrew Wiggins dunking over uh, Luca. Luca and this is game three. We talked three. about this one. It's another one where someone decided to go straight up and may have regretted that decision. Brunson defends, snaps it outside to Wiggins. Here comes Wiggins. Wiggins. Oh! Now, they did call a charge in the moment. I think just based on uh, the fact that it seemed like a... Uh, <laughs> I mean, he does kind of punch is him a, in the face, like as he's going by. But It's it kind of like, you don't want this. I don't know that he did it on purpose. Yeah. And it also slowed down. I don't think, I think it is Lucas selling it. Um, oh yeah, well we the the this I, f- I remember the still image of this was like Luca actually like pulling a face and like cowering. It felt very like uh, you know trying to have a big reaction to get the the official's mm-hmm. attention sort of thing. Yeah. But a fantastic moment. I think that's no, definitely it, up it, there. It's considering the stakes too of like you yeah. know it's a playoff game. Yes, yeah, and it is tells the story of the season, which is that Andrew Wiggins comes on and suddenly is playing like the best possible version of Andrew Wiggins. Uh, yeah, Luca you know, is all the people that like doubted Andrew Wiggins. You yes. know, at the He's like, I am doubting that you <laughs> right, can jump right, from right. this far and still dunk on me. And right. Andrew Wiggins was like, no, I, I can when I try sometimes. Right, so I think right, other right. podcasts might have that as the dunk of the year because the story of the year for them is who wins the title. Uh, the story of the year for me is uh, this fellow Ja Morant. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And his dunk. In game five versus the Timberwolves, uh, round one, so not as uh, momentous as the Wiggins dunk in terms of you know playoff, you know import. But they're down thirteen at this point. After he d- dunks this, he this is the game where he like just couldn't be stopped, right? He just yeah, just like kicks it all off. Will. Yeah, yeah, and it is also just one of the coolest things I've ever seen a human <laughs> being do with a human body. Yeah, this uh, is this one's this one's clean. Winner takes a three-two lead in this opening round. Coming from the top of the key, oh! goes through four people and then. And if you haven't seen this, this it, it, it's like it's like an anime dunk or something yeah. where like I could yeah. see like charges up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like if you did this in an anime, like everything would black out. It would just be Jaw and Beasley, and then you would see like streaks of light coming off his feet. He like elevates yeah, yeah. 10,000 feet into the air and then comes crashing back down to yeah, earth. Yeah, he but, basically like touches the ground again with the ball. He cocks his arm so far back and then, <laughs> yeah, uh, like, you know, finishes it. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. I was going to half-jokingly like stand for the Westbrook one as the number one, <laughs> you know, like he, he deserves it, but yeah, you know, after watching the jaw one again, it's it's got to be. I bad. think you guys are being a little too narrow-minded. I think this Russell Westbrook guy, again, <laughs> 
If you are the Jazz, the Knicks, the Pacers, check this video. The out. Nets. The Nets. I mean, <laughs> that's my, it's got the mad boosties dunk of the season. Okay. Yeah. Got to be worth something. Uh, okay. Well, thank you so much for playing along. You tell us if we missed a dunk, but I honestly, I think that John Morant dunk is. You think that John Morant dunk is the moment when Tim Connolly was like, I got to give up 97 first round picks for Rudy Gobert. He, <laughs> he would have stopped that, you know, like I, right. just, I can't watch this anymore. I need a large human near the rim. Right. Yeah. I mean, that is going to be harder to do on the Timberwolves this year. Unless you watch the Russ clip, like three yeah. clips back. But <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I am starting to get excited about the Timberwolves this season. Oh, I am too. Um, yeah, they're going to yeah. be interesting at the very yeah. least. I'm curious to see how it works. I, I don't know that I'm like all the way on board with they're going to be amazing yet, but I, I want to watch it. I, I like that they're a team yeah. that's doing something different. The three teams I'm most excited to watch this next season are the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, and the Pelicans. And that wasn't the case five years ago. So that's that's kind of, we're, we're in a new league. I'm, I'm very Who'd excited thought? about this. Who'd have thought? All right, uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to finish this thing out with the rapid-fire questioning round. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DKHOOPS. That's code DKHOOPS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG dot com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the hosts of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. And we're back. The rapid fire questioning round. The fastest <laughs> way that we could think of to say that name. Rapid fire question round of questioning with our guest, Harrison Fagan. Oh, man. Really dreadful. You ready? A great bit if you guys just did that and like the name was longer than the actual segment. You're just no, like, we would never do something round like of questioning. that. Should the Lakers trade Westbrook? I'm like, no. And then you're like, okay, that was all right. That was our rapid fire round of yeah. questioning. Whoa. All right, man. Uh, but get ready because again, Harrison, like we say, we like to ask our guests just respond reflexively. Now we change things up for this time. It's going to be a either or would you rather type situation. Okay. So just respond as quickly as you can to the questions that are put in front of you. That way we can keep this rapid fire round of questions to a very short, concise 
and economical uh, content package for the listener. Okay, start the clock. Which clock? Oh, right, right. That's yep. just a thing you said at the thing. beginning of the for, rapid fire. For the fire rapid thing. fire round of questions. Got it, okay. Got it, got um, it. For the rapid fire wanna, round of questions. You want to go first or should I go first? You I'll, go, rock, I'll paper, go first. I'll go. I, I Wait, let's do, do rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Because I'm going to go first. Ready? One, two, one, three, three, three. Shoot. shoot. Is that? We both did. Oh, wow. Double scissors. Oh, wow. Okay. Here we go. Rock, one, paper, scissors. Three, shoot. Shoot. What do you got? Rock. Okay. All right. Here we go. One, rock, two, paper, scissors. Scissors. Shoot. Shoot. Oh, oh you scissored me timbers again. Okay. <laughs> Rock, Rock, paper, paper scissors, scissors, shoot, shoot. Got him. Me. You got me. Got him. Yeah. I, I didn't have the fortitude. I, All right. I, I, restart I the clock. Restart the clock. The clock's See, already going. Get ready. Actually, Harrison will blow we right just by you. Was attention. the clock already going or do we need yeah. to restart the clock, Brian? Do I need to reclaim my time? Uh, I'm going to reclaim right, my good. time. I think All we're right. good. I think we're good. Oh, he said we're good. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> Jabari. Super producer Jabari hates this segment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. here we go. Start the clock. Start the clock. Harrison, would you rather have the ability to dunk all over someone in anybody, like Kemp, you know, over Jaw style, oh. or... Huh? Sorry. Sorry. I screwed that up. Actually. Kemp or... Oh, I, sorry. I Kemp. thought it was Kemp or... Someone, but it was Jaw Jaw over okay, list. let's well then okay, we can still All keep right. this in. Start the clock. <laughs> Harrison, would you rather have the ability to dunk all over someone, camp over list in style, or have unlimited range? Definitely. I feel like the dunks. Yeah, I don't wow. know if it's just because we just watched a bunch of dunks, but yeah. I, I think I think the dunk thing. I, I just feel like the dunk thing is cooler. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really care about being like the best player ever. I just want to have like great highlights. Right, as right, someone right. who uh, the NBA has endorsed as having mad boosties, I right. can say it's Actually. a little overrated, man. That <laughs> that range is pretty cool. I've I've always loved being able to just you know reach up and easily getting right. the bottom of the net whenever I wanted to. But uh, that that range would really come in handy. Unlimited range. You'd want to hand out umbrellas at the gym yeah. when you yeah i just like i mean i was never able to shoot but i could touch rim in high right. school so what? you know it just would be nice to be able okay. to dunk on people okay like, harrison man, you don't need to brag again i just want to remind lying. you this is our podcast and also this is a rapid fire question yeah. round so thank you, you. sorry of, my bad speaking of dunks in honor of it officially being the league's official dunk week would you rather have Giannis drop the hammer on you in the post or have yeah, Morant, uh, <laughs> put you on a poster as he takes off from just inside the free throw line. Jaw. This is kind of like an erotic yeah. question. I like it. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, like ma- which which version? Masochistic. How dirty you want to get? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just feel like if Giannis does it at my size, I'm going through the stanchion. So and probably oh. injuring myself. Where Jaw, yeah, you know, yeah. like it, it'll be embarrassing, but I right. I probably won't die. Yes. Would you, if you knew in the moment, would you make a face because you knew you're going to be on a poster to like also kind of get some shine? Where you're like, hey, you know, Ja, I've got that dunk, but Harrison's face, it's kind of kind of makes the poster become a meme. Yeah, I think I, I probably, I mean, I am a, not that expressive of a person in regular mm-hmm. life, but I feel like if that was happening, I probably wouldn't. I would go okay. Yeah. Has anyone ever that that might be like new ground to break while they're being dunked over, like made eye contact with the camera and like made a like <laughs> oh brother like a Jim face right. off to the camera. Yeah. 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 Like, oh man. Or like a Scorsese <laughs> film where it's like, you're probably yeah. wondering how I got here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got a note for uh the purdles of the world. Uh okay, actually, on sorry. The hot mic, they're like, oh man. Like, you know, oh, just boy, golly, again, <laughs> gosh, not again. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Jack, that was on you that time. We've got to keep yeah, it rapid. Yeah. Uh, Harrison, would you rather be able to attend the next three finals series or be able to go back in time to witness any single finals matchup? Uh, probably the next three, just cause I've already seen how the other ones go. Oh, wow. Okay. I like so that. you're not, uh, not impressed by time travel, huh? No, okay. I mean, all I'm get, you know, all I get to do is go watch the finals. You know, yeah. like I, yeah, yeah, it's true. not like I can go back and. Well, I guess can I? You gamble could on them? hold on. I feel like you know, <laughs> that's, that's a good question. That's why I got to be clever about this question. Yeah. it's not just about going to the finals. Never I mean, mind. I'm going to go back and gamble on Lakers. You know, Celtics 2010 <laughs> Game Seven. Just like yes, <laughs> and then you win enough money to get tickets and to plane the tickets next three finals to the next three finals. When I come back, yeah. Right. All right, Harrison has one. Uh, okay. 
the rapid fire, but we'll just do the rest of these to run it out. But yeah, where'd you, <laughs> you got you got the right answer there. Would you rather uh, have your team win three of the next five titles and then have to endure ten years of futility where you don't even make the playoffs, or would you rather have your team win one title and have a really competitive team that falls just short for the next decade? Deep runs, no cigar. You know, my specific era of Lakers basketball has definitely prepared me for the first one. So, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying the first one all the way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm oh, ready man. for a team that's really good for like even just like one year and then like sucks for 10. I yeah. just hypothetically, you know. I Oh, yeah. I mean, the Randy Fund years, I was living off of old memories for a while. So it, it happens. That's how we stay. <laughs> that's how we stay alive. OK, moving on. Final question. Harrison, Clippers win the title or the Celtics win the title? Clippers. Okay, thank you. That's great. Is that uh, a prediction, well, <laughs> or is that just like what you would rather? Do? Oh, You'd yeah. Rather. I, I thought. Uh, I mean, I guess both, but yeah. That's great. I mean, you'll, you'll take. All right. Yeah. You didn't like how rapid that answer was, huh, Jack? Was, no, no, no. I just I actually didn't understand the question. Um, so I, <laughs> I assume a little you more were clarity. Asking which would I prefer? Yeah. Which would you prefer? Yeah. Clipper. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Without good question. man. Yeah. Actually, got to keep that. Yeah. Let him get one. And I, I I like that answer because the Lakers fans' uh, relationship to the Clippers has never uh, sat right with me. I think I think Lakers fans need to be nicer to the Clippers. I think so. I I agree with that too. But no, um, I look. I retweeted that them winning mascot of the year today. You know, that's look. Hey, sometimes, sometimes your little brother, you know, gets like a perfect attendance award or something. And you gotta recognize <laughs> that. We love that. We love that. Well, Harrison. Thanks so much for joining us on Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties. Uh, where can people, you know, check out your work and uh, and and support you and follow you and all that? Uh, you know, you can check out the Silver Screen and Roll podcast, which I'm still doing, I guess. I don't know how much longer I'm still doing that because uh, I'm not writing anymore. But uh, yeah, and then, you know, just follow me on Twitter at HM Fagan and then just check out all the, you know, if you have a favorite team, we have an SB Nation blog for you. So go check those out. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's all I got to plug. Fantastic. Amazing, man. It was great having you. Yeah. Um, Please I didn't love the brag that you could touch rim in high school. I mean, I'm six foot four. It's not like, it's not that impressive, you know, yeah. like, oh, all right, like that, man. my you whole thing really is that together, like, then. I have Matt boosties on this show, but I can only, I could only touch net. So it's like, oh, well, I, I didn't even a little bit. I'm sorry for, yeah, you yeah, know, that's man. okay. And that's on us. And we should have, we should prepare the guest to not. Yeah. That was like a rough Westbrook on Rudy Gobert level <laughs> yeah. poster that I yeah. just like inadvertently yeah. did on you. I apologize. Yeah. No, it's all right. I, it's, I'm just going to hear it for the next week, but it's all good. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, never thanks y'all. Harrison guy back again. What did I say oh. about bringing people on who could jump higher than me? And you that goes for me. TDZ too. You absolutely burned like, me. Like rider that you have for your pie. Like, you know, <laughs> Miles has like, oh, like take out all the green Skittles and my thing, like just all this stuff. Uh, Jack's right. just like, no one that can jump higher than me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did he say he could grab rim? Okay. You know what? So you think yeah. I'm a joke, huh? Is that what's going wow. on? Wow. <laughs> Thanks a lot for the uh, humiliation, Super Producer oh, Jabari. Wow. Real Great. tough guy. We got real tough guys. Real on the show tough now. guy. I see what's going on here. All right, then. That's my bad. I'm sorry. I thought I was being self-facing, but it turns out. <laughs> it turns out on this podcast. Uh, yeah, that is a huge brag on this podcast. No, you're the best, man. Thanks so much. I can't so do it anymore. It makes you feel better. Oh uh, no, not at all. Um, okay, sorry. <laughs> I tried. All right, thanks. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time because there will be next time. Bye. Bye. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the my cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.